Discover the secret of St. Kilda. Come smell the heather and sit by the fire. Come talk and laugh with a community of like-minded souls seeking salvation. Come walk the rugged cliffs listening to the screams of seabirds. Listen to the screams of something else far beneath. Out everywhere on the 28th of December. Follow us on at The Kilda to follow the drama as it unfolds and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are Merely Roleplayers, where theatrical people play role-playing games. My name's Matt Boothman, I am your compare for this backstage episode from the main house. Who am I joined by backstage? Hello, it is I, Christopher Starkey, also known as Cameron Jarvis, and I play the wronged. Uh, yes, and Strat, um, I play Briar the Monstrous. And for this backstage episode, we are here to talk about ghouls. ghouls. Cameron's quarry. Why, yada. <laughs> so the, uh, the the wronged in Monster of the Week has a uh, a thing that he is hunting. Um, uh, is all part of the playbook. Uh, we set that in character creation as ghouls, and we I think I remember from. Uh, Cameron's character creation episode neither of us really had any idea at that point what that they, that was going to look like we just said let's put this name on them and see where we end up absolutely yeah we, we added a few details in uh, cold snap but the main reason that we need to f- add some more flesh to the bones here and, and devote a whole backstage episode to ghouls is twofold first of all Starkey, you spent some luck in Cold Snap. Mm-hmm. And when the wronged spends luck, they find a dangerous lead on their prey. So we know there's going to be ghouls in this vigil story. Oh yeah, baby. I'm coming for them. <laughs> and we wanna we wanna know exactly what we're doing with them before they turn up. Um and secondly, we had a revelation that neither of us saw coming in Cold Snap, uh, just from a confluence of different details that the uh, the one ghoul that killed Cameron's family that wronged him back in the past, that Cameron beat to death with a big rock, uh, isn't actually dead. Damn it. <laughs> was it not a magic rock, Matt? It wasn't a magic rock. <laughs> <laughs> not at the time. Oh, damn it. 
So that particular ghoul is potentially out there and, you know, I feel like a dangerous lead on your quarry should probably apply to that specific one. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we might see that ghoul, so we need to add some more detail to that as well. Cool. So let's just quickly recap what we know about ghouls already. So we encountered some in Cold Snap, and we learned uh, via uh, some flashbacks with Cameron's old mentor, Ernie, that ghouls are sort of creatures born from kind of unfounded fears. And the ones that we saw in Cold Snap were uh, formed from like the unfounded fear of people in uh, like gated communities and posh neighborhoods of hoodies on the corner <laughs> wrecking stuff up. You know, and their fears create these ghouls that look like hoodies with knives up their sleeves. But there can be others, other types, and we know that there must be other types because you described, Chris, the ghouls that attacked Cameron's family as being kind of more ape-like almost. Yeah. Do you want to, have you got, like, tell us a bit more about the picture in your head. I think um, I was going from like a more like a 10 year old child's imagination gone wild so what might be living in the woods Um, oh interesting so like uh so what what would cameron have been scared of Mm -hmm. like that what would be that noise he would hear outside the tent when they were camping you know would it be like a badger which is much (laughs) more likely or could it be a giant ape with claws that (laughs) you know that that might come tearing through the tent any second that's nice. And that, like that's interesting that they, it sort of opens up ghouls to be like the boogeyman as yeah. well as mm. what we've already had them as. I mean, that makes sense as well, considering they're kind of smoky and incorporeal. Like the idea that it in its smoky form sits under a bed or in someone's cupboard um, makes a noise and then manifests based on what that child or what that person thinks it is. Really cool. Yeah, I like that idea. I think maybe it might have looked different to mum, dad and Susie as well, possibly. Who knows? Like maybe it wasn't. Maybe I saw it as that, but maybe it was different. And that's why the hoodies that we encountered might have been a more of a collective image of like a of what the neighborhood might be scared of. But they all had similar items. So the hoodies had knives and blades. The ape killed the family by ripping it to pieces with its horrible, horrible claws. So there's still cutting elements to it, slicing elements. I I want to keep the the idea that sort of that they are these incorporeal, smoky, shadowy things, and they they clothe themselves appropriately based mm. on what they've been sort of influenced by. Mm, so the ones cool. we saw in Cold Snap, they've literally like gone out, like gone through bins and clothing donations and and stuff like that, and yeah. found that so the clothing that they're wearing is physical and real. Yeah. and hence can be cut through and, and released the thing. So these ones that are slightly more ape-like, I guess, might be wearing kind of animal skins mm. that they've acquired. I guess it, it would have been dark, right? So yeah. Cameron wouldn't have really have got a good look at it. So yeah. maybe all he really felt was rough fur or something of that nature. So it could well be an animal fur, an animal skin um, that he felt. And he just, in his mind, that's what he put it together as yeah in that moment 
which is a common thing, right? People see what they want to see, or like in, in situations like that. If it's if it's dark and you're scared and you see flashes and things, your mind puts together pieces. And uh. there's a lot of potential in this because this, like, this makes me think that probably uh, ghouls are Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think maybe in uh, in Cameron's mind they are. <laughs> <laughs> People are expecting to see something mad in the woods. They go yeah. out, go out looking for something weird in the woods, and they find it. I guess because they could be anything. Like, what if you're scared of something? They're not going to be a bigfoot, but they could certainly look like a bigfoot. It's like how through history, there have been, like in the past there are reports of you know ghosts and stuff, and the aliens were not reported until sci-fi was a thing because that's when people knew about aliens and thought they might see an alien, and before that it was will of a wisp rather than a you know little green men in a forest kind of thing. So it's obviously in this world there probably are vampires and werewolves. Well, we know there are vampires and werewolves and all that sort of stuff, but I guess these things are super dangerous, but and could appear like those things if that's what you're scared of, but it's kind of like they're wearing it, like you say, like a costume, whereas their real thing is smoke, smoke, but incorporeal, but horribly sharp. I, I, that's a really <laughs> lovely little kind of detail that they've got that these claws or these knives, like they're, they're sharp and they're cutting because there's something terrifying about that. Because if you were scared of a, you know, a, somebody with a gun that hasn't, got quite that visceral thing but the fact that these things have to get up close yeah. to hurt you and hurt you in that way is real creepy and just remind me about were, were the ghouls carrying actual knives i can't or were they like created by them i couldn't remember i can't remember them. that part maybe is more ambiguous I, mm. I don't know that i i don't think i'd come up with a definite answer to that whether they've like raided the hardware shops for <laughs> box cutters and stanley knives or whether the the blades are a part of the ghoul that kind of takes a shape mm. i mean obviously we could leave it ambiguous but in my mind throughout that game it was a part of mm-hmm. them because they seem they seem to be so many <laughs> like it and a never ending supply of and exactly where they needed to be at the right time and you could do that obviously by going and nicking a load of knives from like a kitchenware shop or something but it didn't feel um, it like felt more biological <laughs> yeah <laughs> like real like than than stuff it's like that's the that's the the sharp end of the manifestation Ooh. of the fear isn't it like yeah. you expect them to have knives so they do yeah yeah or you expect yeah. them to have claws so they do yeah. interesting to think of other kind of yeah like we're saying with kind of cryptids and things like other unfounded fears that could form different types of ghouls like the the one that i had in my back pocket if we didn't have a good idea for where the ape-like ones came from was like the fear of like secret government laboratories <laughs> you know like escaped experiments and that yeah, kind of right. thing it was like obviously a conspiracy theory and something that is not like a a, a rational thing to be afraid of but could potentially mm. form ghouls uh, am i right in sorry you just kind of struck a memory there and i'm not quite sure if it was ever like decided this was a thing or was just something we talked about in in passing in one of the other character creation episodes all that time ago but i seem to remember in somebody's, it could have been Chris Buxy's that that they caught something, and the thing that attacked Chris's family had escaped and was being. No, yeah, that was mine, Richard. 
Yeah. Oh, that was. Oh, that was you. Oh, so that yeah, yeah. kind of. So yeah, if that if that is what happened, and the and the you know the Department of Emissions was doing mm-hmm. this, is there? Can we kind of cross the streams there? Maybe in this particular case, the conspiracy is real, and they had trapped some ghouls and were doing experiments. Like, what happens if we pump them with fear? Like, what if we supercharge ghouls beyond what their natural manifestation would be? You know, what if we spread rumors around like the 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 kids of the town and the grown-ups of the town of something and and like siphon that fear from the surrounding area into these things what happens and obviously what happens is stuff goes wrong yeah you're absolutely right and it is definitely worth recapping kind of what what we decided about that because i am going to use it in this in this nice. one um, yeah so we we know it has been established that the reason that there was a pack of ghouls there to attack cam's family is that the do released them for reasons unknown like obviously the do know but the the exact nature of it was some sort of experiment but there was mm. we we what the nature of that experiment was hasn't been revealed on air yet um but i do have a good idea of what the nature of it is and i think it's going to play into the story this time oh god cameron's not going to go in front of the whole of the do is he <laughs> he's not going to find out because I don't, I don't think he actually, I don't think we had resolved whether he actually knew the DA would release them. Just that Ernie had just turned I, up. No, to... I don't. I don't think Cameron knows. No, Un- unless you've been doing some some serious investigation in your off time. It's not Cameron's style. I don't think. <laughs> Sounds like a, a possible dangerous lead you might have discovered. Yeah. Then. He does some serious push-ups, but serious investigation is not his thing. <laughs> well, you know, you have relationships with people in the DO. So. Absolutely possible to find out and i like also that the responsibility for the attack is kind of an interesting multifaceted question now because it's obviously the do released ghouls but i like the new detail that the shape these ghouls took was shaped by cameron's fears Mm. because it sort of i can i can see that being something that he beats himself up about when he finds that out <laughs> literally his motto right yeah just too scared yep if he hadn't been so scared then they might not have taken such a dangerous shape or might not have attacked at all yeah it wouldn't have been that powerful mm. oh poor cameron it gets worse and worse for him <laughs> <laughs> he is the the most overwrought and that's, oh, what, isn't it just? that's what he's there for yep let's talk about this specific ghoul that you thought you killed and didn't in that case we want this to be a an antagonist for cam like mm-hmm. cam has spent his life up to a certain period thinking that he had dispatched this ghoul and this set him off on his journey and then he discovers during part of his training that because he didn't use magic to kill it it's not actually dead and could return in whatever form oh god so I imagine maybe the the experience of being beaten to death with a rock by a small boy might have had <laughs> some sort of effect on it, and it might now be an atypical example of it. <laughs> it's more scared of me than I am of it. <laughs> it, it its ego is tiny. <laughs> well, and this is kind of the, like one of the things that Ernie says about ghouls in Cold Snap is that because they're 
like born from fear, they are fearful creatures themselves, and that's mm. why they kind of pack together often, and like they they attack when they're scared of you more, or when there's something bigger than them. You know, they make good minions because they're easily scared by something big and nasty like the Winter King into doing mm. it into doing its bidding. But that's where my mind's going. But Starkey, like this is your nemesis. Like what? are you kind of ex- what sort of nemesis interactions are you excited to have like what would be a cool thing to be hunting hunted by fighting so originally when we had did the character creation all, the, all that time ago i think i had in my mind set up ghouls as like the cameron was basically like an exterminator so he would be indiscriminately swipe out ghouls I don't think he'd sort of thought of the one because he thought he'd killed the ghoul, right? That he had done. So I, I sort of saw him as being much more uh, a generalist in terms of ghoul dispatching rather than having like a singular enemy. And, you know, in gameplay terms, any ghoul will trigger like the yeah. wronged moves of when you're hunting your particular prey and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But now that we know the ghoul's out there, you know, shit's got personal. Yeah. <laughs> And Cameron's, he's pretty single-minded to begin with. As I think after the events of Cold Snap, he's probably devoted most of his attention onto doing what limited investigation work he's capable of doing, (laughs) (laughs) given his less than stellar intellectual feats. Um, I guess you would have had the, um, you could have potentially had the help of the whole crew though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what would be cool would be like a proper mano a mano style fight. I think that's that that's what Cam's all about. Um, I think a, a nice big portion of emotional wreck would be good as well. Yeah, like definitely playing upon. I think that's his fragility, right? That that's where mm-hmm. he's weakest is uh, at, at his sort of heart. So an enemy that's really gonna throw the guilt of like, ha ha, I killed your family and you couldn't stop me in his face yeah i think to be fair that's the only way that anyone could really stop him because mm-hmm. once he gets the battle rage going he is literally unstoppable until the end of the fight so <laughs> they, they've either got to be clever enough mm-hmm. to understand his weaknesses and be able to read him well enough so and whether ghouls are that clever i don't know or whether through what the do has done to this particular ghoul whether that's elevated to him to some level of i don't know i think i think there's gonna have to be psychic mind fuckery going on <laughs> to, to 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 deal with um which cameron would have to rely on friends to help him with mm-hmm. i i want to just kind of throw this out there based on something you know, matt said about this being a kind of a unique specimen something different about this ghoul that no other ghoul has um and then like us saying about how it would feel after being brought low by this tiny child and feeling that fear it kind of feels like in all the other um descriptions of ghouls they they're kind of bestial and instinctual they don't really go out looking for fear they, they're just born of fear they, there's they've got no they, they don't go out and try and provoke fear out of people because they are fear i wonder if this ghoul has felt more fear itself personally than any other ghoul and maybe this is something that has allowed it that little insight into humanity that has made it go, I can scare them. And the more mm. I scare them, the better it is for me. That link with experience of whatever experiment it was in. So I wonder if it's 
because it would then know because the other thing they just run an attack right they weren't thinking but to give it that ability to go right what actually scares people and what scares this person Ooh. in particular and because that's like mainlining fear at that point it's not a gene- generic fear of a community about hoodies on the corner that's this particular person's yeah. fear like concentrated have you and the do gone and created the boogeyman Ooh. Well, that'd be awesome it's kind of where where that is where that yeah. idea is is going, right? The creature under the bed, trapped in the creature in the closet, you know, all of those sort of the, the scary feelings and thoughts you have just as you turn the lights off, and then you take that ten minutes as a child just to settle down and think, "But well, I'm okay," and you turn the light back on again, and you think you see the shadows moving, but they haven't. Has the teddy bear just moved? I don't think it has. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool idea. I quite like it. Yeah, I like the idea of it. Like the thing that's changed it being that it has experienced fear like a human, because the other possibility that that spring springs open in my head is that this could be a ghoul that is capable of creating other ghouls. Oh, if it's you know Ooh. they're all born from human fears, and this one can feel fear like a human, so it can birth other ghouls to back Ooh. it up queen ghoul oh that that <laughs> is a devastating power because if it if it looks like you're going to beat it and it gets worried and scared that it's going to win back up <laughs> no, oh god so the only way that cameron can win is to forgive it <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> oh no and then and then gwen's won <laughs> <laughs> So right, she she's not in this one, so she won't be around to <laughs> yeah. see it to gloat. Cool. So yeah, so something that's a bit more of a um, a bit more of a psychological manipulator, a bit more aware of Cam's kind of um, emotional flaws that it can play on, mm. rather than just kind of generalized fear and and pack attacks. But also, like whoever was like in charge of releasing it, I think has mm. to be brought to some level of responsibility yeah you know matrix style shooting up the uh the the lobby of the (laughs) of the of the of the base may not be the the right port of call but i think someone's got to um it's never going to be over is it no no that's the question are these experiments are these experiments still happening was that the end of it exactly i think i know but i'm i'm open to weird roles and moves in the game changing that because it's not hasn't appeared on air so it isn't canon yet mm. and also that would stretch cameron to his limits because he's a monster <laughs> killer not a person killer yeah like mm. where would he go with that is that just the is that just too far for him or not i don't know yeah Be do you go full john wick <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's another morrigan test as well isn't it yeah right there and it just she really did pick a poor bastion of hope <laughs> for humanity <laughs> is he redeemable that's the question i don't know i don't know i guess we'll find out do we want to like i don't just want to keep calling this thing like the ghoul or that one ghoul or the ghoul that you beat with a rock <laughs> so i wonder if there's like is is this the uh, the ur ghoul the uber ghoul or uh. is this the the bogey you know is there a, a different moniker we can give this guy well i've had i've had a bit of a dad joke brewing for a little while Uh oh and uh 
I, I don't know whether I'd uh, uh, put this on air, to be fair. I think uh, Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> <laughs> Would be excellent. Hello, I'm Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, maybe not. Uber Gaulle probably sounds better. <laughs> I Like, Cam gives everybody nicknames. True. I don't know whether yeah. he would give the, <laughs> the ghoul that killed his entire family the nickname Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> yeah, get, making fun of something is a way to decrease your fear of it. True. Maybe. True. But you're right, it could, yeah, it could undermine its gravitas, but that could be the point. <laughs> I'm going to get you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll mull on those, those options. <laughs> I mean, Cam can call it whatever he wants. Absolutely, but... and he will. I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that, that was that was uh, just just an, an option for you there, Matt. You know, okay. just to, to mull over. All options considered. We don't want to insult our, our French community, though. I mean, Josh insulted everybody else in Bad Dog, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fair. Any other thoughts on either ghouls in general or this particular ghoul? Or thoughts or, or hopes, you know, that I want to create something that is going to be satisfying for you as a, as a foe. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, um, I, I'm more interested in what this actually means for Cameron moving. Like the result of meeting this is sort of actually, I think that's going to be more interesting than necessarily Cameron fighting it, if that makes sense or yeah. combating it. It's like, if he does succeed or if it does run away or, if whatever happens, how is he going to react to this? This is like, will it be as it slipped through his fingers again, literally? Or is this only going to be a stepping stone to an even worse situation that he's getting himself into? And how is that going to affect the rest of the team, right? So he's dragging potentially you know, three other people into this situation who could be put into a pretty perilous situation for his own bloodlust, his own revenge. If something bad happens to them, how's that going to affect him? You know, is this, is this going to be, is this, if he does kill this ghoul, is that job done? You know, is, has, has he achieved his goal of avenging his family, which is guess what was all the training was for? So I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm more interested in the, in the fallout of it rather than necessarily what's going to happen in the fight, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's kind of because it seems a bit fallout is what makes Cameron more interesting. Yeah, like it's always fun to hit things with an axe, right? But actually, yeah, you know, with all of the any like climactic confrontation like that, it's never actually about the 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 punches being thrown or the axe being swung, is it? It's all what it means in the characters' heads. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's pretty messed up to begin with. So <laughs> yeah, we, that that's what I'm really most interested in is if the mystery keeps going deeper and deeper, how he's going to deal with that, especially if he finds out that the DA was responsible and knowing that Ernie spent all that time with him. And it's not going to, it's not a huge leap to work out why Ernie was probably so involved once he finds out the DA was involved, you know? Um, so I think there'd be a quite a few questions to answer for old Ernie. Yeah, I think I, that's what I think I'm more more interested in, if, in a way. 
But yeah, I think, I think that that's, I think it'll be really interesting just to see how, you know, and how the rest of the team react. Like, why why should they really care? Like, unless obviously there's going to be a threat for a lot more people than just Cameron. Yeah, to, more to get involved. I really want to, um, like, with this sort of stuff and, and everything. Chris says spot on. It's all about the fallout and how Cameron reacts. That's gonna. I, I can't wait to find out how that is from like um, a, a listener perspective as an audience member. I'm very keen to see Matt. What other forms the lesser ghouls take? Like, I loved your idea of these the ghouls in in, in Cold Snap, and I would love to see. Uh, almost like there's a hierarchy of ghoul. That's how it works, right? When you're going for the big bad, there's the little grunts at the bottom, and then you get them, and there's your lieutenants, and then there's a big one. Obviously, you don't need all of that, but like different levels of of got what else people are, are scared of, and also like talking about the other members of the group that are going up against it. Obviously, they're bringing their own fears mm-hmm. as well, and we've now got a a big bad that knows and can take advantage of other people's fears. Like that's three other people that it can do a camera on potentially. <laughs> um, so that's that really. I want to. I want to. I want a bad role to happen. And you, Matt, ask them what's uh, what's your character scared of. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know their fears. I think. I think we can deliver that. Nice. <laughs> I think it's pretty much guaranteed. A bad rolls. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Can't wait. Me too. Great. Well, I think with that, we're ready to play. Good luck, Chris. Helen Stratton as Melody, Chris Starkey as Cameron Jarvis, Vicky as Renko, and Strat as Briar. Sound design for this production is by Helen Stratton, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing the episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. <laughs>